Hi everyone, welcome to the Dark and Twisty Sisters podcast. We are Shane and Lisa, your Dark and Twisty hosts. Please join us as we get up close and personal with each other and our incredible guests. So we're here today with Gemma R. Scott, who I know through BBG, funnily enough, nearly all of our guests we know through BBG. Um, and Shane knows Gemma a little bit, but... Um, me and Gemma have sort of followed each other for quite a while on Instagram and um, but the reason I thought Gemma would be an interesting guest is you did bodybuilding prep and I just want to know a lot more about that and how it was and like the good and the bad and all the pitfalls and everything and then also obviously the impact that sort of had on your health and you've got rheumatoid arthritis haven't you which I don't know yeah. a lot about so I was hoping you could tell us a little bit more about that as well and just sort of how it impacts on your day-to-day life but I've spoken a lot now so <laughs> if you just want to um, tell us a little bit about yourself first of all a little bit about you and your background and stuff and then we can talk about those things. Yeah cool so yeah I'm Gemma um I'm 30 although actually I should be 29 because I celebrated my 30th in lockdown so I'm not actually counting it so 30 this year then (laughs) um and I've got a little boy who's two um and yeah I really got into fitness in well January the 1st 2015 um which was the day I kind of kicked myself in the bum and said look you're getting married this year sort yourself out um and started with BBG um and then it's kind of just gone from from there really I just wanted to lose some weight initially and then kind of got hooked as kind of everyone does I think I think the the main thing that got me hooked was the community I don't know if you felt the same but I just loved chatting with other like normal girls who just wanted to lose weight get fit um and it became more of a definitely more of a lifestyle change for me rather than like a diet I didn't even really follow a diet in the beginning to be honest um so yeah fitness has been a massive part of my life since 2015 still is now although not kind of a first priority anymore thanks to children and um like my physical health but we're getting there (laughs) good yeah so I mean yeah I understand what you mean about the community like I started following Laura Asbury I don't know if you follow Laura as well um and she was sort of similar to me she just had a baby and she wanted to lose like the baby weight and I'd already I mean Jack was I'm trying to think Jack would have been four at that point but I kind of kept going back and forth trying to lose weight and never really actually like taking hold of it properly yeah and I think I just reached a point and I was like I need to do something and I kept seeing BBG online I was like I'm going to try it and like you say the community just sort of sucks you in a bit although I did find it a little bit culty as well (laughs) yeah cult of Kayla at at one point and it kind and that kind of I think it sort of started to put me off a little bit even though the workouts you know were dead good but yeah I just love that cult of Kayla yeah (laughs) yeah it really was though wasn't it yeah at at one point I was like I'll do anything I'll do anything to meet her like (laughs) what (laughs) what was I doing (laughs) well I remember seeing you like we both went to the London boot camp but we didn't know each other then and I remember Kayla posted a video afterwards of like people being interviewed and stuff and you were interviewed, weren't you? Yeah. I remember that. And I think I might have been following you at the time, but it was like, there were so many girls at that, like that boot camp. I did actually really enjoy that boot camp. I thought it was really good. But yeah, I, I went to of, both of them. Yeah. Yeah, I did. One of them the went second, on my birthday. <laughs> well, when I was at. The first one was the weekend of my second Hindu. So I kind of just yeah. made it Hindu. And the second one, I went with a broken foot, which is how I ended up on the stage because they were like, this girl's mental. <laughs> oh, I remember that now. Like, what yeah, are you doing me. here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Crikey, that was you. Yeah, yeah. Yours wow. truly. Oh my yeah, God. like I say, I, I was like, yeah. I'll do anything, anything. <laughs> I know, it was a bit <laughs> I will break my foot and then get on the stage to meet yeah. Taylor. <laughs> yep (laughs) and like you would we would post like multiple times a day as well weren't we like I've done this workout I've done that workout look at my transformation and and then like just trying to get noticed it was just so 
I mean, I was, I'm guilty of it. I, I'll freely admit I was totally sucked into it. And then you sort of got a little bit yeah. offended when she didn't re- reply or notice you and you're like, come on. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't you seen my transformation? <laughs> yeah. So it was just, yeah. But I've still got the sweat app on my phone now. Um, and the sweat app. I don't have it anymore. Don't you? The number of trainers they've got on there now, I think is such good value. And I'm not just saying that, like, honestly, I think she's got like, well, they've got like seven or eight different trainers. And I just think it's really good value because if, if you don't fancy doing a high intensity workout, you can do yeah. like, a drink based workout or you can do like um, do like a lifting one and stuff. So I just think there's a lot of um, variety on that app now, which is really good, which is obviously- I'd probably like it now, like, like you say, because there's different things on there, but I don't really do any... Like I did after I had Milo, I did try and go back and do BBG again. But to be honest with you, it was the repetitiveness of the circuits just drove me bonkers. I was like, I, I'm so bored of doing this. It was mentally, it's mentally tough, I think, because you do circuit one, your first seven minutes, then you do circuit two, and then you have to go back to circuit one again. And yeah. Like, and then I, I started to struggle with that. And I think in like the second BBG, it was 14 minute circuits on the app, which was a little bit easier because you knew you just had to hammer out 14 minutes and then do another 14 minutes. But yeah, I think I just got a bit sick of that format and I know it doesn't really follow that format anymore. Oh, cool. Like the zero equipment one she does doesn't really follow that. So it's, it's a bit different. Mm. Yeah. Enough BBG. <laughs> talk <laughs> about we've been sucked in again. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, so I guess moving on from fitness and I remember you I remember like all your wedding photos and everything and did you get married abroad no you didn't get married abroad no I think I just remember your honeymoon photo like your honeymoon post as well um god she was probably stalking you wasn't she I was I was totally invested in this wedding (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no I remember all of that and then I'm just sort of interested in how you decided oh okay I'm going to go into bodybuilding now well it's funny really because I obviously did did the bbg lost all the weight and then it got to 2016 and i was kind of like i wanted to do my personal training certificate and i did three tough mudders in that time and i was like what can i do because i need a challenge i need to do i need a milestone to hit so obviously i had the wedding and then i had all of the tough mudders I was going to do and I was kind of a bit like I need something else now what what can I do and I thought well I had kind of followed lots of girls who did bikini um competitions on Instagram and I was like that looks that looks really hard and I love a challenge and also I I don't want to be training people and them thinking well why are you saying this to me you couldn't do this so I wanted to prove that it was possible to do um so that was kind of like my my thought process behind doing it um and I think also at the time was when I kind of start started feeling like I didn't like my body um and I was seeing it differently to how other people saw it as well and I just wanted something to focus my mind Mm -hmm. and take my mind away from the fact that I didn't like what I looked like Um, so for me it was like there were many kind of reasons why I wanted to do it that that all kind of rolled into one um and yeah then I started that on the 1st of January 2017 it's always 1st of January for me (laughs) (laughs) what did it involve because I imagine because I remember again your post because I'm a stalker um but like it seemed like you were just like constantly tracking every single item of food that you ate you were working out probably twice a day most days and I just wondered like sort of how tough was it like it looked it looked really tough yeah I mean even to date it was the hardest thing I've I've ever had to do physically mentally emotionally very very difficult um and it's the sort of thing whenever people ask me this and they're like, oh, I'm thinking of doing it. And I'm like, good for you. Do it. But you cannot half ass it because if you half ass it, you'll just you'll be a laughing stock, and no one wants that. You've got to go in with your full ass, like no half ass in. Um, and for me, it started with even though I knew about 
how to eat and what to eat and how to train I had to get a coach because I knew that I would I don't know I didn't know enough about the industry and what um judges looked for so it was important for me to get a coach so I that was the first thing I did I I looked around and found somebody that was local to me who ended up being a complete psychopath and I only trained with her for about three months I think um and I think that that's really where like my issues started so whenever I I kind of speak to people about how to pick a coach that's like the main the the most important thing is Mm -hmm. doing your research on who who you decide to train with um but yeah so it kind of started out went to her house and met her and she kind of looked at me asked me how much I weighed and then she was like right we need to I think she said at the time I wasn't big because I lost all of that weight for the wedding and I kept in real good shape I was probably about I don't know 55 kilos I was gonna say when you started training you were still small yeah I was small how tall are you 163 centimeters so I'm five foot three Yes. Yeah, so, um, so you you were pretty small, even yeah, for that height. Yeah. Yeah. And when I first met her, she was like, "Right, we need to lose two stone. Um, we need to do X, Y, and Z." It was honestly, it was I. I was like, "Right, fine. You know what you're talking about. I'll do that." So she put me on to um, a diet plan. So she basically said, "These are how many calories you're going to eat, and this is the food you're going to eat, and this is the food that you cannot eat." Um, And I think where we went wrong from day dot was my calories were put down to 1,250, which is like nothing. And then it doesn't give you any wiggle room throughout, you know, it was a six month process. So you've got nowhere to go. So if you need to drop calories, you, you really can't because you don't have any left to drop. So the only way you can overcome that is by doing more cardio. Um, so I started on that and I remember, um, in February, we, I would, um, get Ben a holiday for his birthday. So we went to Budapest and I I love Budapest because mainly I love the food. It's just, it's lovely. Um, and we went and I was obviously prepping and I couldn't have any of it. And I remember saying to Ben, you need to buy this, you need to buy this, buy this chimney cake just so that I can smell it okay I don't want to eat it I'm not I can't eat it I want to smell it so he would buy all these things and let me sniff them (laughs) and um I know like best husband ever um and let me sniff these things and um we ended up when we came home our flight was really badly delayed and I had no other food left and I was starving and I remember stopping in this petrol station the only thing I could find that was kind of half decent was these um those Metcalf's chocolate covered rice cake things mm-hmm. and I remember texting my coach like I'm starving I've got to eat something I'm gonna have to eat these and they were like the dark chocolate ones as well so not even anything bad she was like don't eat them do not eat them <gasps> and I was like fuck like what I'm oh, sorry swearing and I was like what am I gonna do like I'm starving I had to eat them um and it kind of it was really bad and it got to the point where her and her partner um would he was like a photographer or something and he was they were trying to get me to do this like lingerie photo shoot and they were like they gave me honestly it's so cringe they gave me like this (laughs) two-week shred plan to get ready for this photo shoot well hang on Um, shred on top of what you're already doing what I know it was like 500 calories a day or something ridiculous and I was like oh okay okay I'm gonna do this and um it got to the point where like a a couple of days before I I said to her look I don't feel comfortable doing this um I don't want to do lingerie for a start and also I I'm not in I don't look like I'm in good condition so she sent this not this voice note back of her and her partner talking and Ben overheard it and it was something like um well it doesn't matter because we'll just photoshop you we'll edit all your wrinkles and all your cellulite and like x y and z and I was like no absolutely not like I don't want to do a photo shoot and then you edit it so that I look good I want to do it because I look good and I feel good so I sacked her off basically wow I mean obviously I've got to know who this person is (laughs) And like afterwards, <laughs> afterwards, know. tell us. Afterwards. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. But yeah, she was. She was a complete 
weirdo um and i then i ended up training with um libby spong who was doing bbg as well um who i still train with now mm. and she was like she saved me basically she's been fab and like i still work with her now um and yeah like we get on really well and i've known her for years on bbg so um and she had a lot of work to do because of the um you know things that went wrong with my first coach to be honest she had a lot of things to put right basically yeah like mentally and physically I imagine like well she there was nowhere for her to go basically because I'd been on such low calories for three months like bless her she was like we're just gonna have to make do with what we've got um but yeah and it, it yeah it just kind of all spiraled from there really yeah so in terms of the training program then like I'm just wondering, like, what did you do? Did you do cardio? Did you do, like, in the morning, did you do, like, weights and strength training? And then did you do a lot of cardio as well? Or did you go through, like, a... I mean, we don't have to get into the detail, but I'm just wondering, like, how in, like, intense it is. Because you must have had to eat quite a few calories to be able to keep your body going. Well, my calories never went above 1,250. Oh, wow. um, the whole... So 22 weeks I did that for. And it was... The, the week kind of looked like um, every morning I would go up and do fasted cardio. So I'd get up at half four, be in the gym for five, um, fasted cardio for about 45 minutes an hour and then go to work. Don't know how I kept my job. <laughs> but, uh, and then I'd go home, hit the gym and do um, my weighted training sessions. And that was I do those six days a week. So faster cardio and weights. And then on the Sunday, I'd just pretty much die all day and oh. sleep and but make sure I was doing at least 10K steps. Um, so that's how it was, like from day one to basically peak week. And how long was the training program then? Six months? Yeah, I did uh, 22 weeks. I bet you were fun to be around. <laughs> uh, honestly... Uh, if I told Ben I was doing it again, which is exactly why he commented on on your uh, comment, he would be like, no, no, yeah. you do it again, we get divorced. And I don't blame him, wow. to be honest. Did you enjoy, you said obviously you wanted it, you needed something to focus on, but did you enjoy it at any point? Uh, it just sounds hell to me, but I know I'm not like, I don't, I don't love know. exercise. It's weird. Like, I think you enjoy you enjoy the results yeah. rather than the process. So no, I didn't, quite frankly, I didn't enjoy getting up at half four and, um, you know, still being in the gym at 10 o'clock at night sometimes. Um, but, and I did, certainly didn't enjoy having to go to like family events and being the weirdo sat in the corner with the cold white fish and scrambled egg whites. Like, <laughs> honestly, I think people just were like, just leave her, just, just ignore her because <laughs> no, no one could say anything to me that was the thing like you know if someone said something if someone even tried to raise a concern with me or kind of said you know you're going a bit too hard or whatever I'd just be like don't even speak to me and uh, people just stopped they would just be like just leave her she's fine do you think it had any like long-term negative effects mentally you don't seem like you've got any like hang-ups or anything but do you feel like it must have been so difficult to go back to eating like normally yeah it definitely it was and like the memory that sticks out in my mind is um after my second show we went to Mallorca me and Ben um and it was so nice but we had like all this breakfast laid out and all this fresh fruit and bread and, and I was like uh firstly I can't weigh any of this secondly none of it's got a packet so how do I know what's in it like how do I know how many calories is in it Ben was like are you for real I was genuinely serious I was like I can't eat this slice of watermelon because I don't know how many calories is in it oh Gemma and it was it got so bad and I was just like that's awful yeah and I was frightened to eat anything because I didn't want to I didn't want to be the person that people would go oh do you remember when she looked like this and now look at her oh bless you I know what you mean though because that's, that's the thing I mean transformation photos are great on Instagram like you know I love a transformation photo myself 
But then I think, oh God, what if I put all the weight back on? And then people be like, oh, she doesn't post affirmations anymore. She she wants to put all the weight back on. Why isn't she posting? So I kind of think they are like a double-edged sword. Like in one way, they're really good because they motivate other people. And loads of people have said to me, oh, you know, it's so inspiring. Like seeing someone like you, like a mum, blah, 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 you know, lose the weight and get fit. But then on the other thing, on the other side, I think if I stop, people are going to be like, oh, she's let herself go. Yeah, definitely. And I think what's hard as well is that that 22 weeks worth of work can go in about two weeks. It's not sustainable because that's not normal. You can't sustain that. No. So you are are going to go back to normal or some kind of normal. So, uh, yeah, that's just crazy. Knowing that this isn't this is just for this time. And the minute I go back to like not competing, yeah. I'm not going to look like this anymore. And I don't think as well people really understand how much work goes into it. So, you you know, you post your transformation, you you post a couple of workouts or whatever, but it's all the stuff behind closed doors that people don't see, you know, the arguments with your partner because you have to eat six different meals a day, like you never eat at the same time, you know, you're, you're, you've got brain fog because you've got no energy, you're crap at your job and like no one sees any of that because why would anyone post any of that? That, yeah, people like to see like, you know, the transformation and the positive side of things, but yeah, it's just, it, it almost you impose that expectation upon yourself to stay that way and like you say it's just not sustainable it's not fun um but yeah it's a massive achievement and I am really proud yeah. that I did it and I don't regret it um but you, yeah you placed didn't you in your second show no. I thought you placed no well the first show I did was at Body Power um and that that was that was crazy because you know you step out on stage and there are thousands of people there as well Mm. um and I didn't place there and then the second show that was really hard for me because although that was my better better prepared for that one um but the the um caliber of girls who were in my category was a lot higher um than me um like pro level so they only placed one, two, and three. Um, and when I got feedback from the judges, they did say it was close between me and the girl that came third. So not bad, um, but not great. But then like looking back at it now, I'm like, wow, some strange people looked at me in a bikini. Yeah, I was just like, gonna say, what? What, what are they looking for? What, what are you, I, I've never actually thought about this, but what, yeah, what? <laughs> it's it's hard it's it depends a lot of it depends on what federation you're going to compete with um so pca who i competed with they don't place so much emphasis on for example like your hair your makeup your bikini it's more on like your muscle definition the symmetry of what your body looks like you know you haven't got like one glute that's huge and one that's not um but there are federations um like miami pro who they will take into consideration like your bikini. So you have to have the best of the best bikini. You've got to have the hair. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I've done 22 weeks of practically starving myself and you're going to now rate me on what I'm wearing. Yeah, because it's expensive as well. Like my bikini was secondhand and I bought it for 150 quid secondhand. To buy it new was 750 quid. I know, like who is... Who's buying these? Like, My wedding what? dress didn't even cost that. <laughs> it's mad. It's mad. Like it and is like, a, It's an expensive whole, sport. Yeah. Whole, like when I've seen photos of people, I only know really one girl, and I don't know her, know her, but she was BBG at the very beginning, but very quickly went into the competing thing, and I follow. I still follow her now. Um, but seeing the day that she went and did the first competition, I was like, "You're not in, even the same person." Like that. No. The look, I just don't understand. I'm like, I thought this was meant to be about like bodybuilding. Why why are suddenly like 10 tons of makeup on your face? And yeah. Like, I don't know. It just confuses me. Yeah, it confuses a lot of people. Like when when I used to talk about it to, 
you know, colleagues or when they'd asked me what I was doing and you mention it to them, when you say bodybuilding, people think that you're going to go and stand on the stage and lift weights. That's what they see in their head, mm. but it's not, it's, it's let's get tanned up. Let's get oiled up, stick your slap on, like get your heels beauty on. Pageant. Yeah. It's a, it's, yeah, exactly. It's a fitness beauty pageant. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It's very bizarre. <laughs> so, <laughs> Where did you kind of go from that then? Did you just sort of, did you have like a complete break from working out or did you carry on? Yeah, I did. I, um, God, I was trying to, thinking back to what I was doing. I obviously decided I wasn't going to do any more competitions. I didn't completely rule it out forever. I was just like, I'm done for it Mm. for now. And we always said that after I had done them that we wanted to try and have children um obviously there was a bit of a, a break in that because I didn't have periods and like you know we have to get back to being a normal healthy person before I could do that um and then I got pregnant with Milo in the December so November December time um so I still trained whilst I was pregnant um much to like 70 percent of my gym's disgust god knows why um right up until kind of the day before I had Milo I was training so um and I do I do think it helped me to push that fat thing out so yeah (laughs) what did you do when you were training when you were pregnant did you just do cardio and like light weights or I did I did a lot of weightlifting I never really changed the amount of weight that I lifted um I did a lot of um high intent like I just did everything the same to be honest my doctor said you your body's used to doing it so it would be more detrimental for you to stop doing it than it would for you to carry on um so just continued the same they say that don't they? they say if your body is used to an exercise like don't start something new like if you've been running 10k every day yeah you get pregnant carry on doing it but don't yeah. start running 10k yeah yeah like I learned that from sex in the city it's a very educational program to be fair yeah I kind of I guess moving on from the bodybuilding and everything and having Milo when did you sort of start having issues with your physical health and sort of get diagnosed with like your arthritis what happened there um so at coming to the end of um being pregnant I like my hips were hurting you know all the like usual stuff that you get when you're heavily pregnant um and I had Milo and it was literally like as soon as I had him my it felt like my hands didn't work my wrists didn't work like they were just really like weak I couldn't open his bottles and they just hurt all the time and my joints hurt all the time and you know and when you talk about it, everyone's like, yeah, welcome to, you know, being a mum and getting hit by a car when you have a child. And I was like, cool. Um, and that kind of went on. Milo was born in the August. And then in the end of March, I just got so sick of it. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go back to the doctor and see if like maybe I'm anemic or something. Um, they ran my bloods and they um, there's something called a rheumatoid factor, which is supposed to be like below 10 or something mine was 103 so they were like oh you should probably go see someone (laughs) um so I yeah they just diagnosed me with it um put me on medication um and it's just been like up and down since then really so how does it impact on like day-to-day life because I know you were really struggling weren't you at the start like yeah um out of bed could you and things like that or yeah some days it's bad and you can't get out of bed so it's like you're it's like that it's being exhausted it's like you've run you know you've done six ultra marathons or something and it feels like your body has like your my feet my ankles my knees my hands my wrists literally like everything you can imagine just feels so almost like it's they're tight they're sore um but it's the a lot of it is like the neurological side of things so like the brain fog and the not remembering stuff and you just feel like people think you're 
just being lazy when you're you just can't like it's like your brain can't catch up with stuff um so it's it's I didn't know anything about it before I got diagnosed with it either and I was like what is this and I was like oh be fine like googled it and I was like oh no (laughs) shouldn't have googled it um but you know like it's kind of having to learn to live with it make adapt to it um and make life work around you basically and it's hard because you get into a cycle where you feel really bad you can't do anything but not doing anything makes it worse Mm. yeah like my dad doesn't have that my dad's got chronic fatigue they think it's fibromyalgia same thing yeah he we're like can you just rest because if you don't rest you you you'll be worse tomorrow he's like but if I rest then all I can think about is the pain Mm. and I'm trying to distract myself from the pain and it's Mm. just going around in circles yeah so what's the treatment then you on medication or well at the minute I'm not because because of covid I didn't want to go back to the doctor because I have to go for blood tests every two weeks and I was like I'm not going so they stopped my meds and then because I wasn't going I fell off the list of patients so then my doctor had to re-refer me so I waited three months and then a doctor called a couple of weeks ago and she was on the phone to me for less than a minute and she was like oh actually sounds more like fibromyalgia and I was like okay well it's it's shown in my bloods but okay um so now I'm just waiting again to see someone else no I know but it's been like that since I was diagnosed but um you know what the standard treatment is um they usually start you with steroids like three months of steroids which obviously you gain weight on steroids um I was on that for three months then you wean off that you take daily a drug that's called hydroxychloroquine which I don't actually know what it does but it is supposed to um halt the progression of the disease and the damage that it does to your joints um and then every week I inject chemo which is like a low dose of chemotherapy um which is um immunosuppressant so it's basically telling your body to stop fighting itself which is why I didn't want to go out during covid because I'm high risk Mm. um but yeah wait and see whether they put me back on it so basically because you're high risk so you did the right thing by yeah not going out doing all that but then because of that then you fell off the list I mean I don't get it makes absolutely no sense I know and the only way I got into rheumatology in the first place was because I went privately but obviously I can't afford to keep doing that so understand how you can be diagnosed with something and then fall off that list and then you get diagnosed with something else it's just I don't get it from a 30 second conversation that somebody who's not even met you goes oh no I think it's this now I know it's really it's really I was like okay thanks and I was like I'm not even going to argue with you because I can't be asked but the and the thing that's annoying as well is that you know you get diagnosed with the condition you get told you have to take this medication but then you have to pay for it whereas like and I have absolutely nothing against anybody with diabetes but diabetes asthmatics Mm. whatever they get their medication like they get it for free whereas you know I didn't and when I first started on the meds because I was being seen privately it cost me over 150 pounds to pick up like the first three months worth of drugs that doesn't make sense because like yeah diabetes is something that can be managed and controlled you don't you can stop yourself from getting there so you didn't yeah you didn't ask for it my uncle no no my uncle's got rheumatoid arthritis I think it's in the family yeah and when it's when it flares up like he he can't do anything no it's really yeah it's not fun (laughs) do you think that the bodybuilding had a direct impact on you getting rheumatoid arthritis or do you think it's just a coincidence and yeah it's so as long as well as it being common in families it can also be brought on by psychological or physical trauma so it could be for instance the the pressure that was put on my body throughout 
my training but it could also have been the pregnancy and um I had quite a traumatic um birth so it could have been that um we're not sure okay to say about a lot of things and you know it all it all boils down to stress in whatever they perform everything can be can yeah be brought on by Yeah. yeah it all leads back to kind of that yeah. whatever way it kind of shows up how do you manage it now day to day like what's your routine to keep it under control or do you just see how each day comes um well I take painkillers like they're going out of fashion like uh paracetamol and ibuprofen are my friends um tramadol cocodamol like what you know it depended on the severity of like what I'm feeling on that particular day try to move around as much as I can um hot bath really good um lots of rest where I can so I on a weekend you'll catch me napping like without a doubt I'm always napping um but to be honest like being able to work from home during coronavirus um has been useful because it means that you know like when I get up in the morning um it takes me a while to kind of be able to move around and you know mm-hmm. come to um so it's nice not to have that pressure of like I've got to get up at half five so that I have an hour to get like awake and move around um and you know not having that travel time and stuff like that it it helps beyond what you could explain to somebody to be honest because you're quite active aren't you still you still go for lots of walks and you're always taking Nyla out and about and yeah yeah so I guess even if I'm having a bad day to go out for a walk does really help yeah how about work like obviously outside of um this the last year and the pandemic did they uh, you know did they do adjustments at work for you or did you just have to carry on as normal yeah I think my previous work were quite good to be fair like they um had someone come in and assess my desk and my seat and got me like equipment that I needed to be more comfortable um at that point I don't think offices or professional services where I was working really understood what it was to be flexible employers um so you know my boss was pretty good and if I was having a bad day and like you know I, I couldn't face coming in and you know it takes me an hour to get into work he would be like yeah work from home is fine um now since the pandemic and I'm back in my old firm actually strangely enough um they've you know everyone's working from home that's just how it is and I do think that now there will be a bit more understanding for well I hope that there'll be more understanding for people who you know just find daily life hard like yeah. not just it's people very hard with... to explain isn't it like I used to suffer really badly with IBS and how do you yeah. explain to work yes I look physically fine I am generally fine I yeah. can get on with my job I don't need a sick day but I can't come in because I literally need to be next to my bathroom for the entire day like yeah. my bathroom not not the one that not I the work bathroom yeah <laughs> and and some once I actually had to literally just spell it out to them yeah like, because my boss at one point used to say if you're not feeling that great then you know you really should have a sick day I'm like I don't want to use a sick day for this I'm not sick but I no. have something that is I'd rather be at home please yeah. um that took a while I lost actually quite a few sick days because of it until they realized that I you know I couldn't keep taking them yeah and I mean when like in my old firm I I wanted to like raise awareness about that and how like not every um disability is visible and started like um they had like a work version of Facebook and I started like uh, chronic warriors it was called and it was basically anybody that's got any form of condition that feels like it impacts their lives or if they have a loved one or a friend who has something like that and lots of people joined it and they were like I wouldn't have even thought about x person having this disability or x person suffering with this and you wouldn't because looking at people, you you don't want to be the person that's like, oh, I've got this and oh, I've mm-hmm. got that. But you just want to have some sort of understanding that not every day is a normal day. Like, you know, 
uh, we've all like our IBS is awful I've never had it but believe me I've had a do- dodgy tummy and the thought of sitting in my car for an hour trying to get to work when I feel like I'm going to poop myself no thank you I wouldn't want that all the time absolutely not yeah. there needs to be the understanding that not everybody's life is simple and straightforward and you know you need to be flexible for people that's how you get the best like yeah you know talent is is understanding that people are different and they have different needs I think that the sort of shift to flexible working has obviously probably moved forward quite a lot because of covid like yeah and now how how sort of efficient working from home can be like I can be on my laptop at you know I can wake up have a cup of tea and be on my laptop straight away I don't have to worry about getting dressed getting yeah made up getting getting to the office or what have you and but I think you have to be like you can also work a lot later as well without realizing it like I had to move my office from because I was just sat at the kitchen table but because mm. I was at the kitchen table I was in like the hub of the house so like, I felt like I, I could carry on working and like still interact with Rich and Jack but at the same time it's like no you have to switch off otherwise mm. You've got to find a good balance but I think actually if you get into a good routine you'll probably definitely get more work done at home 100 yeah. percent. I just think it's a shame that it's taken a global pandemic for workplaces <laughs> to to trust employees to work from home and actually the company that I work for um we normally would be out on client sites like going out and helping them with their software and you know help showing them the system and everything but I think they've realized that teams is so effective like you can share yeah. your screen you can still have effective conversations you can have breaks and you can literally like show them everything around the system and, and also it takes all the travel time out so like I could have to be at a client in London on the Monday and then over I don't know Brighton or something on the Tuesday yeah you don't have to worry about the travel time now you can just say yeah it's fine booking I could be working for a client in Scotland and then one in Cornwall the next day because they can just everything yeah. out. so it's a lot I think it's a lot more effective really yeah. And I think my my old firm would definitely be- benefit from it because, you know, they were expanding so rapidly. They're looking at getting new premises and having to get more, you know, desk room. And it's like they probably won't even bother to do that now because it's just shown that people can work agile and flexible. And, you know, why spend the money on more office space when you really don't need it? Get rid of a lot of your overheads, can't you? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's probably going to be the way forward for a lot of businesses now. I hope so. So you've gone, you've got a new job, haven't you? But you said it's your old firm. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Do you do marketing? So I used to be, yeah, I used to be a marketing manager um, in professional services in a law firm. And I did that for many years, eight years. Um, and then when I lost my job at the beginning of the year because of coronavirus, I thought, oh, what shall I do? <laughs> um, and I, I have a law degree. Um, so I basically enrolled to do Silex, which is um, the kind of pract- practical side of it. So it means that you can actually become a lawyer. So I am doing that currently. Um, and I'm just assisting at the moment um, back in the firm I was doing marketing in um so yeah doing everything from home and I've literally just just submitted my final piece of coursework for my PT certificate so that should be coming through soon as well so okay are you going to do that then are you going to become a PT or I would really like to because I feel like I've kind of been like ambling around wandering for years now just thinking what what am I doing what am I doing because I want to do something that has purpose and that makes a difference in people's lives and although marketing is good and um you know I enjoyed it and I like the creativity side of things I never really came home and thought oh do you know what I really I really helped someone today like I didn't never felt that at all and I would love to have a job where I you know work really hard but it's for a reason and it's you know made somebody else's life a bit easier or a bit better so you've got like a home gym haven't you so do you think you'd have like clients that come to your house or would you like do an online pt or ideal world is i'd like to work part-time in a commercial gym whilst having online clients and maybe have my own space um but i'm not sure it's it's all kind of money dependent and also i have this massive barrier against like being worried about going self-employed and things like that it does 
freak me out a bit and I get that kind of imposter syndrome where I'm like you're not good enough <laughs> so <laughs> maybe one day I don't build know. it up though couldn't you you could get like a couple of clients that you just do at the weekends and mm-hmm. then build it up and build your confidence up and yeah we'll see people get results that's when you'll like you'll feel like you've you've made a difference like when you see yeah bodies changing and stuff yeah definitely yeah what you I need Gemma, is um a session with a coach like me no, i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> i know i i know i do because i yeah i am yeah not great at that but hey ho working on it <laughs> i think we all have imposter syndrome don't we like yeah. if i ever yeah. get any positive feedback at work i'm like nah no you're just saying it it's you mean not, me or someone else <laughs> no, nah i'm shit yeah I'm just, I'm just glad to be in a job like yeah don't give me positive feedback but i think that's all my questions awesome i don't know if there's anything else shay you want to ask or if there's anything else you wanted to say Gemma. any pearls of wisdom for anyone i've got no questions but oh, that was great i loved hearing about that yeah just the whole oh. the competition side stuff was just fascinating I know it's really bizarre like people just don't get it because like why would you for one if you haven't done it like you know but yeah it's a very um very odd very strange world met a lot of strange people doing it do you regret any of it no I don't really I don't like I don't really have regrets um I would probably if I was going to do it again I would do it differently like I wouldn't go with a psychotic coach for one um but yeah she yeah I don't know I would do it differently it's a shame isn't it that you didn't meet Libby straight away obviously you knew Libby um but it's a shame that you didn't start with her from the outset you might have had I I mean amazing results anyway but like you might have just enjoyed it a bit more yeah I I definitely would have 100% there was never a time where Libby said you can't eat x or you can't eat y she was like you can eat whatever you want as long as it fits in this and I was like cool I remember there was one time you were away for work or something and you were like stressing over what to eat and I think you were like I can have this piece of chicken from Nando's or something like that I think it was just I remember that it was <laughs> it was because I had booked this specific hotel that was right next door to Nando's so I was like I got there I was so excited got down walked to walked across the road to Nando's it was bloody closed for refurbishment <laughs> one night. I was livid because I'd already eaten everything else in the day and all I had left was enough for this Nando's so I went on this hunt around London in the dark trying to find the nearest Nando's and my phone ran out of battery I got lost I did not know where I was it was awful but I did get the Nando's in the end oh bless you I, I, wow. that sticks out for me in your bodybuilding journey the hunt <laughs> you mean do you mean you forgot about when I accidentally put boiling hot water in my protein shaker because I was like off chops and it exploded all over the ceiling in work <sighs> oh my god I remember I you were you really struggled with work didn't you like they just didn't get it they were like oh just have a donut it's fine like yeah can it? you eat this can you eat this I'm like literally like I am <laughs> gonna lose it in a minute and then people just stopped talking to me because they were like don't talk to her because she's mad <laughs> this one <laughs> yeah that's what lack of food does to you no I, I'm like that though like if I I exercise this morning and then I had to go to Tesco and get my click and collect um and I, I hadn't eaten since till I got back and I was like literally in the car driving home like I need to eat something if I don't eat something in a minute I'm literally gonna like I've gotta stab someone yeah <laughs> like don't talk to me until I've eaten yeah but like to be like that for six months constant I think yeah Rich probably would have divorced me as well and that's the thing when you when you do something for so long like it just becomes the norm yeah so trying to go back to normal after that or normal is like it's mind-blowing like for ages even up to like a year two years afterwards I would think to myself oh I'd, I'd really fancy a donut or something and I'd be like oh but I can actually eat it. Not that's that many grams of fat and that many calories. Yeah. And does it fit into I, my macros? I can't believe I can eat this. Yeah, yeah. really weird, but life lessons. Wow. Yeah. It's mad. What's your biggest takeaway from it, from the whole experience? Hmm. My biggest takeaway, I think it would be that your happiness isn't anything to do with what you look like, how much you weigh or anything like that your happiness is all in the mind because 
I have been big and I've been tiny and I've been depressed at both points. So what does that tell you? It's so hard though to find that balance. Yeah. Because I lost quite a bit of weight last year and and it's like you're striving for that number on the scale but I've been I've been at that number on the scale that I wanted to be and then you kind of feel like something magical is going to happen when you get yeah. to the point and but it never does like you still wake up the same person but you just weigh a pound less than you did mm. the day before and it's like oh well I'll just well, no. go a bit low, I'll go a bit lower then maybe I'll be happy when I get to that point and then you just keep going and going and then it's like at what point do you just say I'm happy with where I am because there've been points where I've thought I'm big and then when I put all that weight back, like all that weight on through like just self-sabotage, basically, I would look back at what I looked like when I thought I was big and I'd be like, I wish I just looked like that again and just be happy yeah. with how I looked like I was a, a nut job, basically. Like there was nothing wrong with how I looked. The and night before my show, I said to Ben, I'm fat. I can't do it. And I genuinely believed I was fat. Oh, Christ. Like 100% genuine believed it as well. But I feel smaller now than I did then. And it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's just mind-boggling. Makes- also, another another key takeaway. If your clothes don't fit you, get rid of them. Buy bigger ones. Yeah, yeah just buy bigger yeah, clothes. Throw them away. Don't think, oh, I'll fit into that in three months' time. No, no it's just not. throw it's, it away. It's depressing. It, 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 just, it just makes you feel shit. Yeah, what's the like, point? One day, one day. And even if you did lose weight, your body changes all sorts of things change like even if yeah. I got back to the weight of a pair of jeans I wore five years ago it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to get into those jeans no, no. so we do I think it's funny when things I think it's funny when you look back at photos from when you were training and like call yourself skeletal and stuff <laughs> I was skeletal, skeletal. <laughs> honestly I look at them and I'm like whoa you were so, <laughs> you were so tiny yeah it was unreal it bless was you. just ridiculous bless you oh well thank you very much for coming on and talking to us it's been really it's been really good thanks for having me it's yeah, nice to so fun. Fun. Yeah. speak to some girls I know we'll have to have that coffee that we keep saying we're gonna have at some point I know I don't know where come out of bloody lockdown I know um and I don't think I'll ever be doing bodybuilding prep. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's stop recording and let's find out who the psycho trainer was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gemma. <laughs>